22 years on, the Central Weather Bureau shared lessons learned from the tragedy that shook the nation. In the wake of the disaster in 1999, experts worked together to overhaul laws and build detection systems. And today, Taiwan has the ability to warn its people just 10 seconds after an earthquake begins. It was 22 years ago today, a magnitude 7.3 earthquake struck Nanto, killing 2,400 people and toppling tens of thousands of buildings. This year, the anniversary of the Gigi earthquake coincided with Mid-Autumn Festival. On social media, the Central Weather Bureau posted its earthquake report from 1999. The CWB said the devastation sparked an overhaul of laws and regulations, as well as disaster warning systems. One outcome of the effort to prevent future tragedies was a national early warning system for earthquakes. Here at National Taiwan University, we developed a land-based early warning system. For people who live closer to the earthquake's epicenter, a land-based warning system is activated first. For people far from the epicenter, the CWB's regional early warning system is activated first. Since the Gigi earthquake, Taiwan's seismic monitoring has improved by leaps and bounds in terms of sensor density, processing technologies, and even its instruments. According to the CWB, today's monitoring network can issue warnings just 10 seconds after an earthquake begins. The CWB plans to gradually add monitoring stations and optimize the network structure to further improve early warnings for urban areas. The goal is to give city dwellers up to three extra seconds to respond to an earthquake. Scholars say that public awareness is also important for reducing the impact of natural disasters. Although you can give people additional response time by issuing warnings earlier, in reality, public education plays a very important role in disaster risk reduction. For example, much of the devastation caused by earthquakes happens when buildings collapse. In the future, when people purchase homes, they should choose earthquake-resistant designs. If people put that factor into consideration, damage from future earthquakes would be mitigated. In the event of an earthquake, experts advise the three steps of drop, cover, and hold on. They say the drill should be routinely rehearsed so that it's second nature in times of emergency. A Japanese scholar says China is extremely unlikely to launch an attack on Taiwan in the short term. In an interview with Japan's national broadcaster, the expert said that despite the low likelihood of cross-strait conflict, Japan, the U.S., and Taiwan must monitor the regional situation closely for any sudden changes. Taiwan has just wrapped up its five-day Hanguang War Games. In one drill, jets conducted an emergency landing on a Pingdong Highway, simulating a response to an attack on Taiwanese military bases. Analysts say Taiwan's asymmetric warfare capabilities are gradually maturing, but the PLA threat remains palpable, with its frequent incursions into Taiwan's ADIZ and its string of live-fire drills in the region. Taiwan is clearly um, one of their ambitions, I think the threat is manifest during this decade, in fact, in the next six years. 
In its 2020 defense report to Congress, the Pentagon underscored that China has never given up the use of force against Taiwan. It said that China's plans against Taiwan could come in the form of maritime air or cyber warfare. But according to one Japanese scholar, the cross-strait situation may have deteriorated, but China is unlikely to launch an attack on Taiwan in the short term. China's People's Liberation Army still has many limitations when it comes to its ability to seize Taiwan. Xi Jinping's regime still faces many major political risks in the short term. If we assume that the probability of a successful seizure is extremely low, I don't think China will take a gamble and stir up conflict in the Taiwan Strait. Taiwan is not the only country on guard against the Chinese threat. Japan, which is also positioned along the first island chain, says it will not be able to avoid involvement if conflict breaks out on the Taiwan Strait. Three countries hold the key to stability in the Taiwan Strait, that is, the U.S., China and Taiwan. And the balance among these three countries has been gradually upset. All Japan can do is take preventative measures and work with the U.S. to improve deterrence. Japan is clearly signaling that if anything happens, the U.S. and Japan will take joint action. The expert says China is extremely unlikely to launch an attack in the short term. But he says that as U.S.-China relations continue to fray, Taiwan, the U.S. and Japan must be ready to take action to avert conflict. Well, a group of French lawmakers led by Senator Alain Richard will visit Taiwan in October. Taiwan's foreign ministry confirmed the news on Tuesday. Earlier this year, Richard had revealed his plans to make a visit to Taiwan, and he received a letter from, of warning from China's ambassador to France, who told him not to go ahead with the visit. Chairman Richard had tentative plans to visit Taiwan this March. Despite provocation and intimidation from Chinese ambassador to France Lu Xiaoye, he nevertheless expressed a firm resolve and strong desire to lead a delegation to Taiwan this year. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs will, through our representative office in France, coordinate closely with Chairman Richard on his itinerary and various other arrangements. That will include arranging epidemic prevention measures in line with the domestic COVID situation. Details of the arrangements will be announced at an appropriate time. Richard served as French Minister of Defense from 1997 to 2002. Since 2015, he has been chairman of the French Senate's Taiwan Friendship Group. He has visited Taiwan twice before, in 2015 and 2018. This May, the French Senate adopted a pro-Taiwan resolution that he spearheaded. The resolution, which passed in a vote of 304 to 0, called for Taiwan's participation in global organizations. Time now for an in-depth look at Chinese fruit embargo crisis. Since China became hostile to Taiwan pineapple in March, the world of agriculture has been turned upside down. Farmers are racing to diversify markets as it becomes clear that Beijing will continue to shut down trade links across the agricultural sector. Let's take a look at the history behind the headlines. Comments posted online from Chinese citizens praise the beauty and succulence of Taiwanese fruit. But these simple comments have a fraught political backdrop. Back in 2005, then-KMT Chairman Lian Zhan met China's then-President Hu Jintao. Beijing's Taiwan Affairs Office made Taiwan a big gift, duty-free imports for 15 types of Taiwanese fruit. 
thus begun a giant influx of Taiwanese fruit into China. At that time, the Chinese government brought Taiwanese fruit into the Chinese market with a series of zero-duty special measures as well as political purchasing. After the Ma administration came up in 2008, cross-strait exchange expanded very rapidly. The to and fro of goods and labor caused explosive growth of Taiwanese fruit in the Chinese market. In 2008, pineapple and sugar apple exports to China were negligible, a mere few dozen metric tons and just over 200 metric tons a year. But within eight years, President Ma Ying-jeou sent that figure soaring. In her first term in office, President Tsai Ing-wen maintained that growth. And in 2019, more than 50,000 tons of pineapple were sold to China, along with over 10,000 tons of sugar apples. It was 97% of Taiwan's fruit export market. When pineapple harvests boomed, the Chinese government would step in with strategic purchasing. But when the cross-strait relationship soured, fruit was weaponized. China's united front strategy toward Taiwanese agricultural products was an investment trap. When Taiwan comes to rely on the Chinese market, then it becomes a pawn. China can use purchasing as a way to intimidate the Taiwanese people at any time. We can be so bold as to say, the Chinese government has now decided to take back all the privileges it once gave Taiwan, one by one. We can see today that the cross-strait privileges that were created in the Ma Ying-jeou era, at least in the fruit market, seem to be worthless now. In March, Beijing drastically cut pineapple purchases, importing just 4,000 tons from January to August. It was a warning of commercial political manipulation to come. Farmers have moved to diversify risks. With support from growing Japanese imports, the pineapple crisis became a breakthrough. The price of pineapple has remained stable. Then, six months later, Beijing turned on sugar apples, which are not yet legalized for import in Japan. We have to see it in the light of one day, China will totally cut off its entire import market from Taiwanese agricultural products. It will vanish, and we have to get ready. Economic machinations like these are hardly new in the handbook of Chinese politics. The dangers of over-reliance in a single market have never been starker. Registration for digital quintuple stimulus vouchers will open online starting 9 a.m. Wednesday. The cabinet is encouraging people to collect virtually in order to reduce paper waste and program fees. As an incentive, it will give away a bonus voucher worth $500 each to the first 4 million people who go digital. Registration is about to begin for virtual quintuple stimulus vouchers. Starting at 9 o'clock on Wednesday, you can link your digital vouchers to a credit card, mobile payment account, EasyCard, iPass, or other electronic ticket. The first 4 million people to set up digital vouchers will receive a food lover voucher worth 500 NT. Might be a better deal if I can get a food voucher. I will probably go for digital vouchers. I would prefer to receive my vouchers digitally. It seems more convenient. Also on Wednesday, sign-ups will start for the bonus voucher lotteries. Simply go to 5000.gov.tw, provide your ID number, enter your SMS verification code, and then select all the drawings you'd like to enter. There are eight bonus vouchers, including the 1000 NT domestic travel voucher and the 500 NT sports voucher. A total of 12.36 million bonus vouchers will be distributed by four rounds of raffles between October 11th and November 5th. 
我应该会是国旅券吧。I'll probably try for a domestic travel voucher. When I get out from the barracks on a break, I can go have a bit of fun. 应该是动资券吧。I want a sports voucher since you can spend it on entertainment. 地方券比较好，因为动资券今年只能够看表演。The art fund voucher is better because this year the sports voucher can only be used on performances and sports competitions. I'd use my voucher on books, which is what I used it on last year. No, I will not choose to receive my quintuple stimulus vouchers digitally. As for the bonuses, yes, I will sign up for them. People who want paper vouchers will have to wait until Saturday to pre-order. Both virtual and paper vouchers can be spent starting October 8th. Retailers are gearing up for a nationwide shopping spree. The U.S. announced that starting early November, it will require proof of full vaccination from all foreign arrivals. There will be a few exceptions to the rule, including children not yet eligible for a vaccine. Details of the new policy are still being decided, but it looks like for Taiwan, it could spell an end to vaccine tourism. Early November, we'll be putting in place strict protocols to prevent the spread of COVID-19 from passengers flying internationally into the United States by requiring that adult foreign nationals traveling to the United States be fully vaccinated. As for which vaccine brands will be accepted for entry, the White House says that will be decided by the Centers for Disease Control. Starting Wednesday, Pfizer vaccines will roll out to students aged 12 to 17 across Taiwan. Schools are prepared to administer the shots on campus with precautions in place in case of side effects. Health experts say the Pfizer vaccine is unlikely to cause severe adverse, adverse reactions, but they say that even so, ambulances should be kept on standby. Reminders are plastered across the walls of this high school ahead of the start of Pfizer vaccination on Wednesday. Pfizer vaccines will roll out at schools starting September 22nd. Here at Taipei's Yucheng Senior High School, the gym has been turned into a vaccination site. When the time comes, the school will vaccinate all 1,700 plus students in a single day. Yucheng Senior High School's gym can fit more than 2,000 people. This vaccine clinic was set up prior to the Mid-Autumn Festival holiday. The space is split into four zones, with a dedicated site for doctors' consults and an inoculation area. The school's 1,700 students are all scheduled to get their shots on the same day. Four medical teams from Taipei City Hospital's Zhongxiao branch will be on site to administer the vaccines. There will be four medical teams administering the Pfizer vaccine. We have a morning session and an afternoon session. The plan is for all freshmen, sophomores and juniors to get their vaccines in order. There will be an ambulance near the school gate, and the closest it can be from the vaccination site. It'll be Taiwan's first round of Pfizer vaccination, and just in case problems arise, an ambulance will be waiting on site. Pfizer vaccines can cause side effects, including swelling and soreness at the injection area, fatigue, chills, and nausea. For 28 days after administration, recipients must keep an eye out for signs of myocarditis and pericarditis. The main thing to watch out for is a severe allergic reaction, anaphylactic shock, which happen in one out of every million injections. After vaccination, rest at the clinic. Rest at the vaccination clinic for 30 minutes. We're most concerned about myocarditis, which presents itself 7 to 10 days after injection. So if you experience myocarditis symptoms 7 to 10 days after vaccination, you should see a doctor. After school resumes, about 1.3 million students across Taiwan will be getting a Pfizer shot. With administration about to begin, schools are taking every precaution to ensure it goes smoothly. 
Drinking tea is a treasured tradition in both Taiwan and the UK. These two tea cultures came together this month at a mixology competition in Taipei. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang takes you there to see the results. Taiwanese British actor Vivian Vaughan mixes Taiwanese oranges, pineapples, mangoes, and lemons together with British tea. Then he adds honey and mint teas. Vaughan mixes up a storm at a mixology competition held by a British tea company. He's the ambassador of the event. I think Taiwan's tea is also very special. I wanted to connect tea to the unique offerings of Taiwan's land. This embodies the transcendence of culture. I used Taiwan's fruits and mixed it with mint tea. I want this to be a refreshing drink on a hot day. Contestants competed for the top prize at the competition. They had to incorporate local Taiwanese agricultural products with tea and to pair the tea with desserts. They also had to keep the audience entertained. The winner of the competition was Richie Su. Her mixology performance, titled Shadowed in the Cage, was inspired by an umbrella used by the British royal family. She mixed vanilla chrysanthemum honey tea, camel tea, and Earl Grey with Macau. I started out with lemon leaves from Taiwan, but the taste didn't pop enough. Then I used the kaffir lime leaves from Thailand. I used a crystal ball because I wanted to create the color of the British national bird, the robin. When I first smelled the floral fragrance of vanilla chrysanthemum honey tea, I thought it was very special. It was an aroma I hadn't experienced before. It just so happened that I had Macau on hand. One of the judges of the mixology competition was Richard Stokes Green, the new director of the British Chamber of Commerce. Stokes Green assumed his post this July. Uh, it's a great opportunity to show how when two cultures collide, uh, you can achieve great things. And I think today was a, was a great example of that. We've got English tea, traditional English tea from Twinings being mixed with the fantastic fruits of uh, Taiwan, creating great flavors. The British Chamber of Commerce supports UK businesses that operate in the Taiwan market. Our, our main responsibility, our main obligations is to promote the interests of our members. So uh, many of those members are UK businesses operating in Taiwan, but also Taiwanese companies that are looking to export to the UK. So, so we're, we're trying to promote the UK, we're trying to promote Taiwan. Uh, and uh, facilitate government engagement as well. So we're, we're, obviously there are always challenges in doing business in different cultures. Uh, where possible, we, we uh, facilitate that business through uh, our engagement with the government of both sides, both the UK and Taiwan. Through supporting events like the Mixology Competition, the British Chamber of Commerce aims to deepen business engagement between Taiwan and the UK. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei. Well, it's summer, and that means dandruff or other skin problems for many people. Doctors have pointed out a simple way to reduce your risk of scalp issues. When your shampoo is running low, don't be tempted to top it off with water. Just buy a new bottle. Why? Let's find out. When you find your shampoo bottle running low, maybe you top it up like this. But diluting your shampoo with water creates a breeding ground for germs, says this chemistry teacher. 
Surfactants like shampoo and detergent are not a good environment for microbes to live in when they're thick, but water comes from the natural world. When you leave a bottle out, it easily becomes a breeding ground for microbes, let alone the fact that there are lots of microbes in the air in the bathroom, especially molds. Germs can be seen moving vigorously under the microscope. Is your skin crawling yet? When water is left to stagnate, it comes in contact with bacteria and spores in the air, which multiply more and more over time. And when you dilute cleaning products, even if they still bubble and slide through your hair like normal, they won't be cleaning nearly as well as before. We spoke to one dermatologist with a patient who had traced a mystery infection to their diluted shampoo. This doctor suggested that anyone with a sensitive scalp should expect more itching if they dilute shampoo. It was terrible folliculitis, like in the photos. The patient had inflamed hair follicles on their scalp, causing red swelling. Their hair fell out in clumps and wouldn't regrow. And no matter how much they washed their hair with diluted shampoo, it just got itchier. People who have some latent, inherent issues with their scalp, for example, seborrheic dermatitis or psoriasis. Seborrheic dermatitis is caused by Malassezia yeast and can inflame the skin. If you have that and then you use shampoo that isn't very clean, it can lead to secondary infections. If you get more sores on top of your eczema, that's not great. Doctors advise patients to wipe sweat away as soon as possible, but not to wash excessively. And if your shampoo runs out, get a new bottle.